Okay, the, re the reading is taken from Colossians uh, chapter 1, starting at verse 24. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you by the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you all, and for all those at Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. This is the word of the Lord. So when I was a child, I had swimming lessons. Um, I didn't always enjoy going, but they taught me to swim. And now as a parent, uh, my children have swimming lessons and have had swimming lessons. And the goal is essentially that they are able to swim, that they can go into the deep, they can be confident and safe when they're out of their depth and enjoy the fun and joy of swimming. So over the course of this year, we've been doing our year of exploration and we have discerned that God is calling us as a church and as the churches that make up this parish to, over the next five years, go deeper. We've got this sense of God calling us to go deeper, to get out of our depth, as it were. Someone said to me not long ago, this vision of going deeper, it sounds a bit general, sounds a little bit vague. What does it mean? Going deeper means going deeper in Christ. Going deeper in our Christian life so that we're not staying splashing around in the shallows with our armbands on, but rather learning to swim and getting out into the deep. It's about going deeper in our faith over these next five years. Knowing more of the depths of God's love for us, being immersed in that love, and living our lives out of that love. So how deep is God's love? Is it 1.8 meters? Well, as that great hymn said, it's as vast as the ocean. Here is love, vast as the ocean. So we need to learn to swim, so to speak, and grow in confidence in living out our faith. That's what going deeper means. I use a swimming analogy, but essentially going deeper is about maturity, spiritual maturity. Growing up, not staying as spiritual babies or infants, splashing where it's safe, but having a faith that can confidently swim in the deep. So in five years' time, God willing, we'll be five years older physically. I'll probably have a few more grey hairs. But in five years' time, 
will we be five years older spiritually? Will we have gone deeper? Will we have matured in our faith? What do we need to help us mature and indeed to help others to mature? Or will we in five years' time just find that we're a little bit older but not much more mature in Christ? So we're going to turn again to Colossians to explore this further. So do turn to it in your Bibles. As we've seen so far in the book of Colossians, to summarise it, chapter 1, verse 2, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. It's about the Colossians whom Paul writes to, being and remaining in Christ. We've seen how he's told them they've got everything they need to live a life worthy of the Lord if they've got the gospel. Because if they've got the gospel, they've got hope. If they've got hope, then faith and love spring up from it. And then we've heard last time that Christ is above all. He's supreme over all. He is the sufficient saviour. He's the one who can reconcile the whole of creation to himself. Now the key verse in this passage this morning is verse 28 of chapter 1. He, Christ, is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Paul's heart was not just to win people to Jesus, but to present them mature. He didn't think, you know, oh, the Colossians, they believe in Jesus, they're sorted now, I don't need to worry about them. No, he thought, great, they believe in Christ, they have faith in him, Now they need to go deeper in Christ. Now they need to grow up in Christ. Now they need to mature in Christ. And I'm going to do everything I can to help them. Paul's heart, his passion, was that the believers in Colossae would go deeper. They would go deeper in Christ. They would mature in their faith. So what can we learn from Paul and the Colossians and how can we apply it to us here today? Well, if you remember one thing, just remember this, that to mature in Christ, we need M&Ms, okay? To mature in Christ, we need M&Ms. Unfortunately, not the confectionery, okay? Sorry to disappoint. But we need two M's. We need meals and mentors. Meals and mentors. To mature in Christ, we need meals and mentors. Firstly, meals. Christ is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Teaching everyone. Teaching to mature in Christ. We need good, sound, solid teaching. We need a good, spiritually healthy diet. And that comes through teaching, through engaging with the Bible. Just think for a child to grow and mature, they need three square meals a day. They need a good diet. They need good food. How much so is it true for us spiritually? If we're going to grow and mature, we need a good diet of good teaching, 
Otherwise, we'll just remain spiritual babies or spiritual infants. In verses 25 to 27 of our reading, Paul says, I've become servant of the church by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What's Paul saying? He's saying he's got this charge, this commission to teach anyone and everyone that it's all about Christ, that it all points to Christ, that Christ is this mystery that has been revealed. St. Augustine wrote that the New Testament is in the Old Testament concealed. The Old Testament is in the New Testament revealed. And as we read the scriptures, as we read the story of the Old Testament, the story of God's dealings with the people of Israel, we see it pointing forwards to Jesus. We see it pointing forwards to him, that it is all fulfilled in him. This is the mystery that's been hidden away in the Old Testament, now is revealed in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul's mission was to teach people that all of God's promises are fulfilled in the work and person of Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul's desire was that the Colossians would receive Christ-centered teaching, that they'd know that all the wisdom and knowledge is not found elsewhere, but in Christ. Verse 4 of chapter 2. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. He doesn't want them to be deceived. He doesn't want someone else to preach a very different message that is not really about Christ at all. He wants them to be fed well on a good diet. Not to be fed stuff that may look appetizing but turns out to be spiritual junk food. So how do we apply this to us? Well, if we're not engaging regularly with biblical teaching that centers on and elevates the work and person of Jesus Christ, then we're not going to get the nutrients we need to grow and mature in the faith. We won't be swimming in the deep, but splashing in the shallows. It means also we need to be on our guard against teaching or from teaching that is not putting Christ at the centre, that is not glorifying Christ, whether that's outside the church or even within the church. If it does not glorify Christ, if it does not magnify him, as we read in this great letter to the Colossians, then we need to reject it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we need to engage with the Bible. We need to engage with teaching that brings glory to Christ, which takes us deeper into his riches. So I want to pause and just give us some questions to ponder. And it may be that as I just share these questions that the, the Spirit just really highlights one particularly for you. 
So where and how am I being spiritually fed? Am I going days, weeks, months even, without a proper meal? Do I have confidence in reading the Bible regularly, on my own and with others? And it's not just about us being fed, but us being able to feed others. So another question to consider. How can I open up God's word to those a bit younger in the faith than me and pass on what I am learning? So to mature in Christ, we need M&Ms. We need firstly meals, good Bible teaching, engaging with the scriptures, focusing on Christ. Secondly, we need mentors, mentors. What is a mentor? Well, a mentor is someone who's got a little bit more experience than their mentee. Someone who's got a bit more maturity who can help train someone else. Let's just look at Paul's example, how we see that. In the final verse of the reading, For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are, and how firm your faith in Christ is. Now, just to give a bit of context for this, this verse and this reading, the Apostle Paul is under house arrest in Rome, okay? So, many, many miles away from Colossae, okay? And he is restricted. He doesn't have freedom to move about. This church has been planted by Epaphras, as we saw in the first week. And Epaphras has come to Paul and given him a report of how the church is doing, what's going good, where the church needs to be on their guard. And so Paul, he'd just love to go and visit the Colossians. He'd love to get alongside them. He'd lay hands, pray, pray for them. But he can't because he's restricted. He's under house arrest. And yet, in this verse, we get this sense that Paul just delights in them, like a spiritual parent to them. He's really passionate about their spiritual well-being. He's really concerned that they grow in maturity. He really cares, even about Christians he's probably never even met. And he says that he's suffering for them. He says that he's laboring for them, that he's contending for them. He's struggling for them. You see something of Paul's heart in this passage, his heart, his care for the Colossians. He really wants them to mature. He really wants them to go deeper, to grow up, to mature. Just a point about the, the first verse. It's quite an odd verse, and I feel I just need to um, address it. He says, I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. And it sounds a bit odd. It sounds like Paul's saying Christ's suffering is some, somehow lacking, yet in the previous verses we've seen how he says, you know, the cross you know, Jesus reconciles us at the cross. Christ is supreme over all. It kind of sounds like he's saying Christ's sufferings are somehow lacking. To perhaps explain it um, a bit clearer, 
when Paul was on the road to Damascus when he was converted, when Jesus met with him, Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting me? And yet Paul was persecuting the Christians. He was having them arrested. um, And yet Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? So if Christians are being persecuted, it's actually persecuting Jesus because those Christians are Christ's body. So what Paul's saying here is that his, his suffering for the sake of the church, because he is part of that body, because he is part of the body of Christ, it's like Christ is continuing to suffer through him and through the church. So Paul was suffering for the saints. His heart was for them to mature, to grow up. He was suffering for them. A good mentor is someone who has the other person's interests at heart, even if it comes at a cost. They go out of their way. They go out of their way for the other person. So how do we apply this to us? Well, if we want to go deeper, if we want to mature, we need people to be contending for us and we need to be contending for others. We need to develop a culture where we're being mentored in the faith and where we're prepared to mentor others in the faith. And we don't have to be experts. We just have to be willing to get alongside people. We don't have to know it all because none of us knows it all. We just need to share with others our experience of walking with Jesus Share with others what we've learned as we've studied scriptures and what we're learning because it's an ongoing thing. You know, we can read scriptures with those around us. We can explore it together, what it means to live out the Christian life. Just recently, um, someone asked Amy um, about just wanting to know more about the Christian faith. You know, someone who's a Christian but wants to go deeper. And so Amy said, well, let's... Let's watch the Alpha videos and um, we'll talk about it. It's quite simple. It's not rocket science. It's just getting alongside someone, mentoring them in the faith, helping them to grow up, helping them to mature. As I thought about this talk and um, thought about this whole idea of maturing in Christ, I also thought about the people who had come along on an Alpha course and made a commitment and then drifted away or people who had come along to church and then drifted away. And I just thought, you know what? Maybe if we were better at mentoring each other, we might also be better at keeping people within the community of faith. Because as people drift, it's likely too that they're not just drifting from the church, but drifting from Christ. And Christ in you is the hope of glory. For myself, it's been really important and is important for people who have mentored me, who have got alongside me and encouraged me in my faith, who have walked alongside me. And that continues to be important. And I've seen fruit in ministry from people I've been able to get alongside and walk alongside in the faith. But there's a cost to it. There was a cost to Paul and there will be a cost to us. And that cost is spelled T-I-M-E. It takes time. We have to give it time. And if it's important, we have to make it a priority. 
Just think, Paul, he could mentor these new converts miles away under house arrest. How much easier then is it for us who don't have those restrictions? Look again at his heart, his care for them. We'll mentor people not because we think we should or because we think it's a good thing, but rather because we care. Paul cared for the Colossians. We too can care for others' well-being, their spiritual well-being. We too can care that they keep going with Christ. So again, some questions to consider. And as I read these questions, it may be that the Holy Spirit just is highlighting one in particular for you. And maybe that's for you to dwell further on. So questions. Do I care about my own spiritual well-being? Do I care about the spiritual well-being of those in the church? Who is mentoring me in the Christian faith? Or who could I ask to mentor me? Who could I draw alongside and encourage in the faith? Where in the busyness of my life can I make time to mentor and to be mentored? So to mature in Christ, we need M&Ms, meals and mentors. Regular engagement with sound biblical teaching that is Christ-centered, meals. And then mentors, spending time getting alongside each other, praying, teaching, encouraging each other in the faith. I really believe that over the next five years, if we get serious about these things, if we're prepared to embrace the cost of these things, of these meals and mentors, then we'll see maturity in our midst. And if we see maturity, it means we'll have the joy of seeing others swimming with our armbands. And we'll also experience the joy of feeling more confident in our faith as we too venture into the deep.